I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, we're going to welcome in a special guest now, uh, Joe Pachowski of the Mighty Bruin. Oklahoma receiving not one, but two former UCLA football players, one in the form of graduate transfer Theo Howard, the other one in just a transfer transfer. It's kind of weird, Joe, having just a regular transfer these days uh, in college football. Offensive lineman Chris Murray. Uh, Joe, I want to get your opinion on both of these guys. Let's start with Howard, though, because this is a guy who's got – Really, did he ever reach, in your opinion, his full potential as far as his ceiling uh, there at UCLA? Well, this last season was supposed to be his big was supposed to be his big breakout year. Um, I mean, he's been he's been a great receiver the, his entire time at UCLA, but it was just one of those things where there were other guys in the in the mix, and so he you know, he pretty much has solid hands. You throw it to him, he's going to catch it, but uh, it was something where. You know, he just wasn't getting the number of touches that, that you know, he deserved. Um, you know, for a while there, um, we used to have a hashtag, Free Theo, um, because we wanted, we wanted the offensive coaches to just, you know, free him up and let him, let him go. And, and it never quite happened while he was at UCLA. Uh, unfortunately, he's, he's turned around and torn his ACL uh, during what little bit of spring football there was. Um, and that's unfortunate. Hopefully, uh, that doesn't keep him from from playing for you guys at some point. But uh, but he's he's a great pickup. He's he's going to do well for for Oklahoma. Yeah, the hope is that if he's not good to go by the fall, assuming we get to have football in the fall, uh, that uh, he could apply for a a hardship waiver and and gain that year back. Um, you know, he, he top end speed was kind of one of his things, was it not at UCLA? He. I mean, he, he, he's a speedster. I mean, he's a, you know, I, I had the opportunity actually to meet him, to meet him once at a, uh, at an elite eight, uh, elite uh, seven, I think it was, or elite 11. Um, one of those camps that they've got, he was actually out there with a bunch of the, a bunch of the UCLA receivers, uh, you know, just catching, uh, catching passes for the, for the quarterback. And, uh, and he was the nicest, nicest guy going, you know, real down to earth. Um, but he's a speedster. I love him. I love him to death. I hate, I hated to lose him. Um, but he's another, you know, him and Chris Murray are both guys who, um, for some reason or another, Chip Kelly can't just, can't seem to keep it, keep guys in Westwood. Um, it's a big problem for the Bruins. It's been a problem since, since Kelly got there. And, uh, you know, at first it was, you know, oh, it's just Chip, you know, getting rid of, Jim Mora's guys and bringing in his own guys and except now we're at that point where Chip Kelly's own guys are leaving and so it's a problem for for UCLA and recruiting hasn't gone well for Kelly and uh, it just makes makes a bad situation worse in Westwood. 
Now, is this something that, uh, you know, pressure's on Chip Kelly? Is it finally starting to mount up against him, or do you think he's still has some time? Um, that, that probably depends on a couple of things. It depends on whether or not, A, we have a football season in 2021, B, who the new UCLA athletic director is going to be, and C, just how bad the financial situation is in the UCLA athletic department. Um, it was public. There's been, it's been in the news uh, this spring because they ran a $19 million deficit last, last, last fiscal year or last school year. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get much better this year. And so, especially not now with most with the basketball tournaments canceled and every other sport you know, that, that was being played just absolutely halted. So it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better, it looks like, financially. Thankfully, <laughs> um, UCLA is going to have a new athletic director come the fall, unless, uh, unless there's some cruel April Fool's joke nobody's told me about yet. Uh, Dan, Dan Guerrero, longtime athletic director at UCLA, longtime hated athletic director at UCLA, is finally, has finally announced his retirement. He announced his re- retirement back in the fall. Um, but he is going to finish out the school year and, uh, and then make way for a new athletic director uh, for the start of 2020-2021. Uh, uh, um, and uh, who that's going to be yet, we don't know. It's not particularly promising because Chancellor Gene Block has shown no affinity for the athletic department. And he's gone off and hired uh, probably one of the worst possible search firms he could hire to fill the position. Um, so it's not giving Bruin fans a whole lot of hope. Um, but who knows? We'll see what we'll see what happens. Now, Oklahoma, you know, we we're fortunate in in knowing a little bit about both of these guys before they uh, even <clears throat> excuse me arrived on campus. Theo Howard had a pretty good game against the Sooners two years ago in Norman. What, maybe what's one thing about his game and the way he plays football that, that you would say, you know what, Oklahoma fans, here's the best thing about him, or here's maybe something you didn't see on film. His hands. Um, I, think, I think he pretty much I, – I, I think at one point we figured out that he had gone pretty much his entire sophomore season without dropping a pass. If he touched it, he caught it. Uh, that's that's going to be – that's really – the big, the big thing about Theo Howard that really, really stood out, which is why everybody kind of was, was kind of like, hey, great, you know, um, you know he'll come in and, and, and you know, he'll, he'll continue doing what he's doing. He'll just get more touches you know, in his junior year. And it didn't happen. Um, it didn't happen mostly because uh, he was, uh, the, the ball was going to, was going to, uh, to the tight ends. Um, it didn't, it just didn't happen. He, the quarterbacks weren't throwing it to him. Um, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson's a young quarterback. He's made a lot of mistakes. Um, whether he's even going to be the Bruins starting quarterback when they finally take the field to play some real, real football is, is a question, a question mark at this point. Uh, because there's a guy who transferred in from, uh, from the University of Washington. Uh, there's a there's a great guy coming in as a freshman, uh, Parker McQuarrie coming in. Uh, so he's got he's got two guys to compete against once uh, once they get back out on the playing field. Uh, so I don't know whether or not Dorian's gonna gonna be able to, to remain the Bruins' starting quarterback or not. But uh, but there were times when he just couldn't hit the ocean with a beach ball. Uh, that's how bad some of some of some of Dorian's throws were. And uh, so Theo didn't exactly benefit from 
<laughs> from from uh, having Dorian as quarterback. But it, when when somebody throws it to, throws it to Theo, Theo catches it. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Listening to Joe uh, Pachowski, our special guest on the Center Nation uh, podcast. Um, Joe, listen, Theo Howard, not only has he arrived in Norman, uh, but he was instrumental in Chris Murray making the decision. Uh, Chris Murray mentioned last week that he talked to Theo, um, got kind of the lowdown on Oklahoma football, on some of the things that are going on with this uh, program, some of the things in campus. Obviously, Bill Biedenboe, Oklahoma's offensive line coach, was the biggest player in, in Murray's transfer. But this is a kid that – by all accounts had the, you know, had stardom written across his chest, a four-star recruit, a freshman All-American decides after his second year to, to bolt uh, into the transfer portal. What's Oklahoma getting in this kid? Oh, the ups, the upside is unbelievable with Chris Murray. Um, first off, by the way, your fans should know that the, I think that, I think his, I think he prefers to go by his full name, which is Chris Stefani Murray. Okay. Um, That's good to know. um, Yeah. I mean, you know, He's been, you know, the media's called him Chris Murray for a long time, but UCLA always seemed to refer to him as Chris Stefani, and uh, and I think that's because that may that may be, you know, that may be one of those things where that may be a little bit of parental influence or something in there. I, I don't quite know for sure, but they all, you know, whenever they mentioned him, it was always Chris Stefani Murray, and uh, you may see that 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 may may turn out to be the case at Oklahoma too. Um, it kills me to lose him because he was just coming into his own on the offensive line. He's been a two-year starter for the Bruins. He was one of the best recruits Chip Kelly had picked up since he'd been there. And to lose him is – it's almost like losing the rain. Um, you know, he was going to start again this year. Uh, so again, assuming, assuming there's a season, or when I say this year, I mean the next time we play football. Um, he was going to be one of the big, he was one of the one of the experienced guys on the offensive line. Now UCLA's got a, got a great line coach of their own in Justin Fry, who came over to to the Bruins from Boston College, where he did a fantastic job uh, coaching the the, the the Eagles' offensive line. So I don't quite know exactly what happened here as far as why Murray chose to leave UCLA. Um, I know when he was originally recruited, there were some questions. Uh, on on signing day, he turned around and announced for UCLA, and then there was some family drama that never actually came out as far as what was what the situation was. But he did eventually end up in Westwood. Um, it seemed to be that it may there may have been some parental influence. Uh, not trying to say anything negative, uh, just parental influence that may have wanted him to go somewhere else. And, uh, you know, maybe finally after two years, uh, he decided to, to heed the parental advice. And, uh, you know, frankly, once you, once you enter the transfer portal, if you've got a former teammate that, that's landed at one of the best, uh, best programs in the country, you know, you'd be foolish not to talk to him. Uh, right. So that totally explains why, why, uh, 
like Chris was talking to talking to Theo, uh, and and why he landed landed in Oklahoma. Uh, so, uh, but it kill it kills me to lose both of those guys because they were two of the best guys we had. Well, he, um, you know, Murray's the, the plan right now is for him to take a red shirt this coming season, barring some sort of miracle waiver by the NCAA, which honestly, I don't see that happening. But I was interested to hear him say that really all he wanted was a chance to compete. And one of the positions that he said that he would uh, he'd be willing to compete at is, is the center position. Oklahoma is going to lose most likely uh, Creed Humphrey following this next season to go off to the NFL. And Murray seems to be willing to jump in that battle uh, to replace an, an All-American there. Does, does that surprise you or did you know that in his background? No, he, played, he played some center at UCLA. So, uh, so that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, but he, naturally his natural position is guard, but he was willing, you know, willing and ready to jump in there at center when, need, when needed during this freshman season. Uh, for the Bruins, so uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that's that that's the kind of kid this is. I mean, he's he's a fantastic offensive lineman, and man, it just it just kills me to 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 be losing him when he was you know I mean he was one of the few bright spots on, on Chip Kelly's team. I mean, Chip Kelly has 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 not set the world on fire when it comes to recruiting. Um, I mean, it's something where where UCLA's blue chip ratio that uh, Bill Connolly is so fond of talking about has actually declined each year under Chip Kelly. Last, you know, not this not this past February, but February before uh, 2019 recruiting class, Kelly had exactly one blue chip uh, blue chip recruit. You don't build a national championship contender with one blue chip recruit per class. Now, I think he has three in the 2020 class. All right, so he's averaging, you know, two blue chip recruits out of roughly 20 in each of the each of the last two recruiting classes. That's 10%. That's nowhere near what you need to, to build the championship contender, especially in, in, in a conference like the Pac-12, where the Pac-12 South is, has a lot of parity between UCLA, USC, Utah, and, and and even the resurgent Arizona State Sun Devils under Herm Edwards, who everybody was laughing at uh, when he was first hired, and, uh, and and Edwards has actually done a better job than Kelly has. Well, Joe, I'm going to ask you the same question about because uh, I I think it's interesting, and I feel like that could be a whole another podcast on the recruiting, particularly there in, in in LA with with USC across town and so forth. Um, I'm always fascinated by that because you had such a, a success story with, with Kelly at Oregon. And then ever since his venture into the NFL, he's just not the same guy, in, in my opinion. But of course, I'm looking at it from, you know, a thousand miles uh, away from it. But I, always, I, I find that interesting uh, because, again, you talked about Murray being one of the bright spots and now he's gone. Yeah. I mean, is, is it UC, USC across town? Is it the, the, just the Pac-12 in general? Well, 12 miles separate UCLA and USC. No other, well, there's yeah. no other place in the country where that happens. But, but you've also got Clay Helton coaching across town. So he's not setting the world on True. fire either. True. Um, <laughs> um, when Jim Moore was here, he was consistently producing amazing recruiting classes. The problem was, was that with Mora, that was as good as it got. They never, they, they didn't, they weren't turning around and developing the talent into, into a contending football team. 
the best Jim Mora teams were filled with talent that Rick Neuheisel had recruited. Um, Neuheisel, on the other hand, suffered from problem, uh, the problem with Carl Durrell, who was just hired by Colorado. I don't know what the Colorado administration was thinking on that hire. That's all. We could do a whole podcast just on that one alone. Um, but um, Carl Durrell left the UCLA cupboard absolutely 100% bare. Uh, it's the worst four-year period in recruiting in like UCLA history. He took, a, he took over a team that was laden with talent that was three years removed from being a few plays short of playing in the first BCS National Championship game, and he destroyed it. Absolutely destroyed it. And he was a horrible – Darrell was a horrible recruiter, left nothing in the cupboard. New Heisel came in, struggled with, with Darrell's recruits, Finally started to get some of his own, own guys in. And the, the, the argument that UCLA fans have been having for a few years now is, what would have happened if instead of redshirting Brett Hundley, Rick Neuheisel had played Brett Hundley his freshman year? Rick Neuheisel may very well still be the head coach in Westwood if he had done that. Um, but then you go to more and more benefits from, benefits from Neuheisel's recruits has a couple good early recruiting classes of his own, then all of a sudden it just falls off. It just it just just goes off the off the rails and falls off. Everybody cheers uh, when when Mora leaves and they hire when Mora is fired and they hired Kelly. Um, I walked into the Rose Bowl, uh, the first game that Kelly coached. I was a couple minutes late getting in from from the from the golf course tailgate party uh, that we were having that day. And when I come to walk through the tunnel, the first thing I said was, you know, have we scored 40 points yet? And this was, we were still in the first quarter. Uh, of course we hadn't. And we were flat out terrible. And, uh, and they lost that game to Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. Um, it, was, it was not good. And the rest of the season was not good because Kelly's team went on to, I think they lost their first six uh, that year, that you know, last year, uh, that well, that season. Uh, I still want to say last season because it was you know, the season before our most recent one. Um, and then, and then this year was this past season, 2019 wasn't much better. Um, I don't know what Kelly's doing in recruiting, but whatever he's doing isn't working. Uh, he's got a big problem on the defensive side of the ball. Jerry Azanaro, his his offensive coordinator, uh, defensive coordinator, coordinator, excuse me. Um, there's no way this guy should be coaching in Division One this, this come you know this coming year if there is a season. Um, UCLA administration apparently wanted to fire him, yet Chip came supposedly came back and said, "Well, you told me I could hire my coaches when you hired me," and uh, mm-hmm. the result was that Azanaro was given a one-year contract extension. His contract was up in February. He was given a one-year extension. All of the other assistant coaches were given two-year extensions. So as an, uh, the pressure is really on as an arrow for sure. Um, Chip Kelly's heat seat is starting to heat up in Westwood. Well, Joe, uh, it's, it's great talking to you. I, I, I got one question for you. Those two guys heading, heading to Norman, Theo Howard and Chris Stefani Murray, those guys are going to make Chip Kelly's seat even hotter Oh, simply yeah. by not being in West, simply by not being there, it makes Chip Kelly's seat hotter, because 
everybody's sitting there wondering. I think it's something like, oh, I don't even remember the number anymore. Uh, the number of the number of players who had eligibility left at UCLA and left the program, um, one way or another, either one left to go to the NFL early or transferred or medically retired medically retired or you name it i think i think we're up to a point now where you can actually field an entire football team and i'm not just talking about 11 guys on each side of the ball i'm talking more like an entire roster you know 65 70 70 75 guys who have left the program under chip kelly at this point and uh you know something's not right and and somebody needs to sit down and figure out what the hell's going on in Westwood and Dan Guerrero is not going to do it that's obvious at this point I mean he's got he's had one foot out the door for for a while now so it's going to fall on the next athletic director in Westwood to take care of that and uh like I say if if uh if we have football this fall uh, you know you may just find a lot of Bruin fans cheering for the Sooners because those two guys were, were 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 big guys for UCLA, and they're both going to be in crimson and crimson and cream. Um, even if even if Murray's going to sit a year, and I do think he's going to sit a year, uh, there just isn't compel- a compelling reason, like you said, for him to for him to uh, not have to sit a year. Yeah, well, we're we're uh, willing willing to welcome any uh, any Bruins fans that want to come on over. We're we're happy to have them. Um, hey, Joe, tell tell our our listeners how they how they can find your content. You've been around the beat for a while. How can they find out where you're writing and tweeting? I spent six years as the managing editor over at Bruins Nation, but unfortunately, California the crazy the crazy legislature in California has decided that uh, basically independent contractors can't exist in California. They were trying to go after Uber and Lyft drivers or Uber and Lyft to get them to hire their drivers. So they passed this bill called AB5 and it's, it's hurting a lot of folks in California uh, on top of the pandemic that's going on. But as a result of that, SB Nation has, has decided that they're not going to use any contractors in California anymore. They terminated all our contracts. So just last week um, I joined together with my fellow, my fellow team, members at, at the Bruins at Bruins Nation and we launched a new site called the mighty Bruin.com. Uh, and uh, and so anybody can find us there. Uh, we're on Facebook. We are on Twitter, but our accounts in Twitter jail. Uh, I, I I tried to, I tried to put our founding date in as the birthday and uh, Twitter didn't like that. It's been seven days and we're still trying to get it resolved. But uh, hopefully by the time this this airs uh, they'll finally get around to, to you know, letting us let us back out again, and so you can find us on Twitter at the Mighty Bruin, all one word, uh, uh, on Twitter as well. So uh, hopefully that'll get itself resolved here in the next uh, day or two. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Thanks so much for your time. Alrighty, thanks a lot, Matt. You have, right, take uh, care, buddy. You have, hopefully, we'll have some football this year. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mm-hmm.